This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. It's time to tell our Podmeets World listeners that if you're currently tuning in via headphones, it's time you take audio seriously and join the JLab family. JLab offers incredible sound for all of life's moments. It's tech done better. Consumers deserve better than the same old tech they've been stuck with. Instead of high price tags, everyone should have access to new innovations and products they actually want. So JLab thought, hey, why not do something about it? What are you waiting for? Get out there and join the JLab family. JLab.com. JLab. Your kind of tech. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. David, are you there? I'm here. Hey. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> David, how are you? Good. Nice to, nice to see you guys. I mean, yeah. I am so excited to see you. This is an amusing idea. Talking, <laughs> talking, talking, about, talking about turning back the clock. Uh, how right? many, you guys probably know how many years it is. How many years 29. Is 29 years. Good God. Isn't that crazy? 
I know. I mean, I think one of the things that's um, so like one of the reasons I'm so excited to see you and you would have no unless somebody's told you, you would not know this. But, um, you know, I've I've directed now almost 30 episodes of of children's TV. Oh, and anytime I get asked what it was that made me want to be a director, I always refer to you because when I think about what I love so much about directing children, especially because I do mostly children's TV, I think of the way that you and Jeff McCracken uh, treated us as kids and how much respect you had for us. And you were truthfully the first person to really give me an acting lesson. Like I learned <laughs> so much from you. I, I couldn't even tell you how much I learned from you. And so your um, impact on my life in the two years that I knew you 27 to 29 years ago uh, has literally just changed the course of my life. And I, I've never really been able to properly thank you for that. So I'm super excited to say that to you. Well, thank you for doing it. I'm glad. You know, better to be a good influence than a bad. <laughs> we've had Absolutely. those too. Yeah, we've had, we've had, yeah, we've had those too. <laughs> and directing young actors is a particular subset of directing. You know, I mean, not exactly. It's in many ways like directing anybody, and and other ways, it's got some particularity. Yeah, well, that is actually a, a great question to start with then. I mean, you had, you I don't know exactly where you started your directing career, but you were most famous for directing Designing Women from 1989 to 92, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, before that, I was a theater director um, and before that, a playwright. So the, so the roots are in the theater and then came to Los Angeles to direct one episode of Designing Women and stayed for four years and became one of the producers and so that was the that was sort of the beginning. But I want to go back for a second because I'm fascinated by the fact that it, you came from theater, and so did Michael Jacobs. And I think we we tend to forget how much multi camera sitcom, in particular, was like a direct descendant of theater, and how much uh, what we do as actors and as directors in that the, that context is pretty much theater. I mean, was that an easy transition for you or or can you talk about what that was like to go because you used to I I know you used to do Shakespeare because you you gave me and Ben an amazing Shakespeare lesson one day. I don't know if you remember this, but we we spent like one time reading. So I know you went I but I know you were a cl you started in classical theater and then here you are doing a kid's sitcom. Can you talk about how similar or different they are? Well, you know, I think you're absolutely right the, that the multiple camera television comes from the theater. And my conviction is that it comes from, from vaudeville. Yeah. But vaudeville shows had these short plays between the musical acts and it gave them, a, you know, it, it was my set. I mean, I never, it was before my time, but I, there'd be these, a, a single set, would be inserted in the middle, you know, in the middle of the stage, and a, a, a little play of twenty minutes or so would take place. And and I've read some of them, and they're remarkably like what we end up doing. So I think that what what multiple camera did was take take the theater and 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 add to it the resources of movies and and specifically of television because of Desi Arnaz. And so it has a lot to do, it has a lot to do with, I mean, almost entirely. So the transition is not that hard. 
Uh, Did you watch a lot of television before you started directing it? No, not particularly. Uh, you know, the, the way I actually specifically came to it was I directed a play on Broadway that came and played Beyonds. And when it played Beyonds, and, you know, I had directed seven plays in a year and a half and had less money at the end of it. <laughs> you know, the logical extension of this is Potter's Field someday, you know. So this is not, you're not going to direction. And I was very fortunate, you know, I directed good things in good places, but it's a, it's, it is what it is. So I took the opportunity of being in Los Angeles and having my name in the newspaper every day, because there's a big ad every day for this play. Uh, so I didn't have to explain why I was there. I didn't come as a supplicant or a beggar right. and, and sort of poked around and figured out how to do it. And then Jim Burroughs, whom I met, arranged for me to to, to observe Bill Persky doing Kate Nally in New York. So that was where I lived in New York. And so I sort of made that, I took the money I made at the office and basically invested in it. So I didn't work for just before a year, but I had the money. I mean, I knew I had the money from the office. So it was a sort of investment in the future that was un unclear whether it would work out, but then it did. And then, and then designing women, you know, with the, the women were, if I understand it correctly, it's a secondhand sort of, the women were looking for what they called a real director. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. So, a, you know, a smart agent, William Morris, to, to Harry Johnson, I got this guy. And I, my understanding is also, he said, if you don't hire somebody else, will and you'll regret it. Right. So Harry and I had a long talk on the phone, and he hired me. I mean, we never even met. So when I showed up at Warner Brothers, I had never seen, that was designing when we shot a film. I had never seen a camera up close. I'd oh seen them across the street in New York, you know, when you <laughs> walk in the streets in New York. And now you're in charge of four of them. <laughs> That's a camera. No, I see what they're doing. You know, so it was, it was like coming in virtually with a blank mind, but with, but, but understanding actors and stage. Right. Stuff like that. And then so you go from there. And so, so you know, you directed the first two seasons of Boy Meets World almost exclusively. John Tracy did the pilot and then you came in and did every other episode for the first two seasons. Yeah. Did you one, what was were we your first experience working then with kids? And what was that like? Well, you guys were great and fun. I mean, I remember certain kinds of specifics, and presumably we'll get into this like Danielle how we got to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't wait for that story. Oh, yes. Can't wait for that story. Endlessly fortuitous. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. 
Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh... Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. 
It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. I mean, I think we could actually get into it here instead of when we talk about the episode. There'll okay. be a lot of other things to talk about the episode. Um, let's talk about how I became Topanga because I actually just learned something from David for when it, when I was trying to get David to come on the show when we were emailing back and forth. David said to me, Yes, of course. How could I forget that Friday night? Michael had gone home. Michael Jacobs had gone home for Shabbat. And the actress we had hired as Topanga was not working out. So for those who don't know, I had auditioned for the role of Topanga. And I did not even get a call back. And I know exactly why. Because I had zero idea what acting was. And (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) All I had done up until that point were commercials, where all I was doing was playing a cute, bubbly 10 or 11-year-old. And I had done two episodes of Full House, where, again, I was just kind of playing a slightly different version of myself. It was just the tiniest bit different. And I didn't know that you could change how you said things <laughs> or that you could pretend to be Think someone. About why you're saying something. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that at all. Truthfully, I did not know that. I was I I had had no training at all. And but you were cast in the episode. You yeah. had one of those. You were one, one of those, those girls, right? I mean, yes. when I look at the episode, right, they're the girls who are doing the science experiment. Yeah. Yes. And the girls who are talking about Corey's, well, what we yeah, think yeah, is Corey's hair. Yeah, that's my recollection. You were one of those. You were the yeah, fish so, girl, Exactly. You? Yeah, yes, yep. I was the fish girl. You were the, the fish girl. pulled out the dead skeleton <laughs> yeah. fish. Oh you were the fish girl. So I, I didn't get a call back for Topanga, but the next day I got the audition to be one of those two girls, and I booked that role. And so then I got to set, and I was one of the girls who had a couple lines, the fish girl, and I saw David working with the actress they had cast as Topanga. Now, I was not there for all of the Topanga scenes Mm -hmm. because if my character wasn't in the scene, I was in school or something. But in the couple of scenes where Topanga and Fish Girl were together, I got to watch David work with her and I, it was literally the first light bulb of what we were doing as actors went off in my head where I was like, Oh, wow. (laughs) And I had that feeling you get as a kid where you're like, can I can I try again? Like, I really feel like I get it now. And David was working with her. And I specifically remember uh, one line that I don't think was in the episode where when she walks away, she says peace. And um, 
the actress. Wh- I remember her, this. Oh That's wait, right. I remember this whole moment. Yes, That's this right. moment was legend. It was just a moment that really stuck out because I remember it being repeated over and over again. Her natural in- inclination was to say peace and walk away. And and David was saying it's it, when you say it like that, it sounds down or sad. It's not. It's it's just peace. And <laughs> and I remember right. them going back and forth. Peace. Peace. That's right. Peace. And being like, oh man, in my head, I'm hearing myself say it going, I, can I, do this. I know, I think I know. <laughs> yeah, she I could adjust. I remember that. I remember yeah. that Friday rehearsal. It was this, there, that, the whole episode was a disaster at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, it was, and it was day one. Yeah. yeah. And so. And for the record, the, the girl's name is not actually Fish Girl, just so we know. No, There's a, no. She, she's got a. <laughs> her probably was Marla Sokoloff, who we know and love. Probably yes. lost in the best. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Her name was wow. Megan Parlor. Megan Parlor. Okay, there we go. Um, but so, anyway, long story short, uh, Friday, the very first day, that actress who's playing Topanga gets let go. And I'm going to then let David take it because now this is stuff I don't have the inside knowledge on, but David does. David, what happened? This is what I think happened. Okay. There's sort of problems that you think you can solve. And then there's problems that you think you can't solve. And sort of by working with her, she moved from one camp to the other camp, to the insoluble camp. So Michael had gone home. I mean, the way things worked in those days, you guys can remember this better than I do. We had a table reading on Friday. You can bank school hours on Friday. So you guys all went to school. And then late in the afternoon, you got out of school and we rehearsed. But by then, if it was sundown or close to it, Michael went home. He'd done the rewriting and he went home for Shabbat. So basically, in that situation, I was on stage and Ed and John were the guys upstairs. Ed Dector. Ed Dector and Just were were the guys upstairs, sort of in lieu of Michael. So I remember calling them, I think, and saying, "Eh, disaster, we got to get rid of her. They said, oh, what, what are we going to do? And I said, no, 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 we got her. She's here. I, I've seen her, R- right? So that's what I recollect. Yeah. Thinking was, no, this, I, this, I, I got, we, I don't mean I got this, but we got this. We got this. And my again, I think maybe they came down and maybe you did part of the scene or all the scene. Oh, no, I know that's exactly what, I what happened there. You, Guys did a reading. Yeah, it was it was you yeah, and Marla. And then John had said, "Yes, yes." I mean, it was self-evident that you were great. So and, that and, okay. So that's the, the that's some of the holes that are filling in for me now because we definitely did an audition at the end of the rehearsal day. They yeah. said, "Marla, Danielle, we need, can you guys come with us and we're going to have you read these this scene." I don't remember what scene it was, right? But it all of a sudden it was apparent that Marla and I were re-auditioning for this other character, which um, is also an, a kind of an uncomfortable situation because Marla and I have spent all day kind of being pals and buds and the two of us are here, you know, we're friends, we're playing these scenes together where we play friends and now all of a sudden it's like we're both auditioning for a it's much big... Right? Exactly. I mean, it's like thousands of times for you guys. A hundred percent. And yeah. so I, Marla went in first. 
And Marla did the scene. And my mom and I are sitting outside and we can hear laughing going on, oh, talking going on. And I'm looking down at the scene being like laughing. I don't, I don't know that there are there. Is there a, okay, I guess there's a laugh. Like I'm stressed. Marla is going, is in there. She's in there for a while. It's very talky talky and friendly. And I can just hear a lot of chatter. And then Marla comes out and Sally Steiner, the casting director, follows her out. And in front of us, Sally is asking for Marla's mom every possible way she can get in touch with Marla over the weekend because Marla was going up north which I think is where she lived she was Uh going back up north to see her family for the weekend and Sally was nervous like how are we going to get in touch with you this is before the days of cell phones so I need to have the house number where you live your agent's man your agent's pager number your man I need everything because we're going to call you over the weekend and if and if you have to come in on Monday I need to let you know over this weekend and I was thinking okay that audition went really well and now Danielle Fischel and now go ahead Come on in, Danielle. Ladies and gentlemen, Danielle Fischel. And I walked oh, in and I the did worst. the scene and then I was done. There was no like extended chatter. I walked out and like turned around to see if Sally was following behind me. No <laughs> one followed uh, behind me. I've written down my numbers in case you need to get in touch with me over the no weekend. No one. Do you need my fax machine? Anybody? No. Here's my pager number, my mom's pager number. It but. was crickets. <laughs> and I then, my mom and I walked out and I burst into tears. Oh no. I was like, I didn't do it. I didn't nail it. It was, I don't know what happened. I just, obviously Marla was better because I, I, they wanted, they, it was clearly they want her and I was sad and I was like, but it's going to be okay. I didn't, you know, an hour ago, this part wasn't mine either. Like, you know, who cares? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And my mom, it's now two hours past the time we're supposed to be home. And my dad has no idea where we are. He's been paging my mother, like nine one one, like, where are you? And so my mom says, we need to call your father. And we had a Zach Morris car phone. Yes. So I call my father on the Zach Morris car phone and I am in tears and I'm trying to explain to him what happened. So we were rehearsing and there's this girl and then and then so Marla and I and he's like, what? He's like trying to understand what I'm saying. Like, why? What are you even talking about? And then he goes, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I have a call waiting. And he just comes back and I look at my mom. I'm like, call waiting, (laughs) holding the phone like this. And then my dad comes back and says, uh, that was someone named Sally Steiner and she told you to come back on Monday as Topanga? None of these things are words my dad had any idea what they meant. He didn't know who Sally Steiner was. He had never heard the name Topanga. He didn't understand what was going on. Wow. And I just scream. Ah! And my mom looks at me and I go, I got it, Sally Steiner. We just start screaming in the car. That's cool. It was, I mean, it will. it is a moment I will remember I get chills thinking about it I remember I will remember it for the rest of my life it's because it they, they couldn't find Marla's number <laughs> we talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us absolutely without Jen Fischel what pictures would we post on our social media but above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us laundry dinners let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. 
Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh... Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's so, what's so funny is that it was a huge deal to you because being the guest star in a leading role was a big deal. But... Actually, it didn't mean that much. It does, you know, now it, it means everything. It changed your life. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. But actually, 
from the perspective of like you know if 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 it had I mean, Topanga was supposed to be a one one episode yeah. right it was supposed you to went just from be a three lines to thirty lines right yeah, yeah. it's like that's it, it was like. Right. So it's so funny that it only it's like snowballed, you know, throughout the years. So this moment, which was a big deal for an 11 year old. But like, actually, if your life had gone on and departed, you know, whatever, it probably would have just faded away and been one of those fun, like childhood memories. But now it's become this defining characteristic of your life. It's fascinating. That's how it works, though. That's how life works. The only thing I would not because I agree with that. Yeah. But when a writer like Michael writes a part like that where there's a connection. Yeah. Implicitly, there's a hope that it goes on. Right. Yeah. My, right. I don't think so, so that from your point of view, I mean, I think every step of the way, it's like you're the fish girl, then you're auditioning, then you're good, happy, then you're sad, then you're happy again. Right. Right. Yep. Who, mm-hmm. That's the secret. <laughs> and, and if it ends there, it's like, but, but from, from the show's point of view, there's always about a, a short-term storytelling and a longer-term storytelling. So I think there was, it was important that the right person be cast in that part from the show's point of view, or else you would have had to redo, you had to find another way to introduce Corey to somebody who's going to be in, in his way. Right. Yeah. So I think it's two things. It's unimportant or, or important only in retrospect. And at the time, really important. Well, that's actually yeah. really, that's a good question. Do you, ha- do you have any memories of what, what, I mean, do you, because at that point, the show is still defining itself. The show is still trying to find its voice in a lot of ways. And had you, when, when you took the job to direct the first season, I'm presuming you had seen the pilot yep. and that's why you took the job. What was no, it? No, it's more complicated. I mean, I took the job because, you know, it's not worth going into all the details, but my, my Michael had wanted Michael and I had a prior relationship on another show, and and then Blooming's World was so I was supposed to you know Michael wanted me to do the pilot, and then I did something else, and the other thing fell through, and some John pilot is like I mean believe me, there's a whole sort of like story upon story. second yeah, second like, podcast not, doesn't have any bearing. <laughs> Thing, okay. Right? Well, then I guess the question becomes: What do you, do you remember being a part of developing the voice of Boy Meets World, or developing the tone? And and do you remember what those conversations were like? Like, did did it feel like the show was sort of baked into the pilot and into the writing, or were you still kind of fishing around for a character like Topanga, a best friend like Sean? You know, finding the the yeah. parents. Well, I, mean, I think those things are they are the thing that Boy Meets World had from the beginning. And I, I was trying to remember, I, parenthetically, I was trying to think how many shows I did with Michael Jacobs. And I would say, okay, it's three. Oh, wait, there's another four. Oh, wait, there's another six. Like six. The, the, conceivably seven things I did with Michael over a period of, say, four years. Boy Meets World was a perfect expression of Michael's voice. And yeah. that was dead. So the thing was, pitch perfect from the beginning because of the connection between Michael as a writer and a voice and, and, and Ben as an actor. And yeah. So the rest of it fell in around, you know, it fell, it fell in, okay. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I remember being, Michael's not an eat. You guys, oh, Michael's not a day at the beach. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the kind of day. So it's not like it was smooth and no new show is ever smooth. And Michael makes things harder sometimes than they have to be. At the same time, this was great. I mean, it was like when a writer has a speaker, the Michael Ben connection. You, you, you've got yourself from the basis of real success. And everything else falls in that. And I mean, I think going back to Danielle, to you, Danielle, you know that in so many ways it was evident. And I think it was evident to me, even when that other girl was still there and I was thinking, I can't, I'm not going to be able to make her right. But this one, this one with the fish, she seems good. <laughs> you know, is you can sort of feel what will go. You can feel what will work. Well, going back to what you said about the roller coaster of, you know, you're happy, you're sad, you're happy, you're sad. After I get that phone call on Friday night, yay, I got the part. Show back up on Monday as Topanga. I did. I showed up on Monday as Topanga and I was now the person David was working with trying to get the, you know, the right tone, the right intonation, the right deliveries, the right physicality. And it was hard for me. I was a bubbly, fast talking, spunky. You uh, talk so fast. You're what, 11? I was 12. 12 years old. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, I, I, it was very hard to speak slowly. It's still hard for me to talk slowly. (laughs) And we worked all day. And then we do, as we've discussed on the podcast before, what our weeks were like. Monday was producer run through at the end of the night. And David, I, I would love to remember, love to know what your memory of this night is, because I can tell you my memory was that we we do the producer run through and we sit down for Michael's marathon note session. And I had uh, I had never been a part of his marathon note sessions. This was my very first one because it was my very first week. And uh, Michael starts off the notes by saying, um, Danielle, I'm going to have to I'm going to give you your notes all in one time at the end. uh, And I'm going to give everyone else their notes now, because if I made everyone sit here through all of the notes I have for you, we would all be here for hours and no one would ever get to go home. So you're just going to wait for the end. Welcome to the show. There's the Right. And I and I remember think I remember like from that moment on my eyes welled up because you know I'm honest I'm now in front of everybody everybody all the producers all the writers all the cast and all eyes are on me for a second and then he just quickly moved on and for the rest for maybe the next hour while he did go through page one line one notes for everyone else I have tears in my eyes like okay I don't know what's coming for me but it's not going to be good and then after he did everyone else's notes he called my mom down my mom had been sitting in the stands like where the studio audience sits um, alone. And she came down and he sat us down at the Matthews family kitchen table and literally opened up the script and went through every single one of my lines and what he wanted and what I wasn't doing right and how slow I needed to talk. And I don't remember if you were there for, I I don't know, remember if you stuck around for that or if you weren't there, I, I was like laser focused on my script. And I can see, by the way, I'm sorry, I can see this still affects you. Oh yeah, like no, I can see I, just sitting I, here next I'm to you. I'm sweating profusely right now as we can, talk about still, it. It still affects you. Well, because the that. other thing that Michael said in front of everybody, and maybe it wasn't in front of everybody, maybe it was just to my mom and I. But what I know specifically was said was, uh, all I know is if you don't come back tomorrow doing this entirely differently, you are also not going to be here. Referencing yeah. 
the girl is replaced. Okay. I worked for Michael for four years. Okay. In multiple films. This is a hateful skill. I used to drive to work and go past that Bob Hope park. And many days I wanted to stop and throw up. Mm. Because of how unpleasant it was to deal with him. And how, I mean, there's many wonderful things about him. And, you know, I mean, believe me, there's many wonderful things. But there's hateful things. Uh This is one. And this, it's like to hear this, you're sweating. I'm pissed. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm really pissed. And it's enough to make me want to like sign off from this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be associated with anything of that guy's. No, no. Yeah. I mean, because this is just not how you, this is, you know. Yeah. Great. I'm glad it became a hit with, you know, I'm glad of everything like this, but this is. But what I will say is, and I agree with you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not deflecting from that, but I did go home that night with my mom and my mom and I stayed up until probably three or four o'clock in the morning going over every single line. My mom would just, cause I, I wanted to make sure I had it. And it was my mom saying to me slower, slower, yeah, slower and going, okay, okay, okay. And so the next day I showed up and it's Tuesday and I rehearse again all day with David. And again, I always felt so safe with you. I knew you had. Well, my that's back. one of the things, again, let me say, everybody who worked with Michael understood implicitly or explicitly. Whenever Michael lurched to one side of the boat, everybody went to the other side to keep it. Free. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yep. the job was, it's why I hated it, ultimately. I mean, you can put this on the radio. No, I'm um, <laughs> is The job was to do your job, right? Whatever that was. But also to prevent swamping and drowning, right? Yeah. Jeez. So, so, go on. So Tuesday, we do <laughs> our network run through. And I, again. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> can, wait, wait, before we jump to that, can I ask you a, qu- a very quick question? The night, yeah. it's three o'clock in the morning, you're studying with your mom. Are, yeah. are you doing this from a, a place now of, God, I really want to get this right? Or are you doing this from a place based in fear? I really wanted to get it right. I am a type A perfectionist sure. and I always have been. And so. Right, but what does getting it right mean yeah. in this context? Getting that's it what I'm right wondering. means that making Michael happy. Michael happy. That's yes. what it meant. And that, that's what that's it meant. the problem that's there to me. Me and too. That's what I, me too. You know, that's what I remember feeling, and that's what I don't think is healthy. And I Agreed. don't think that that's that's yeah, no, your story. This is one. I mean, because you know, in anticipation of coming in here, sort of things come back into your head. So I did a show. Michael it basically acts as a ventriloquist, and yes. actors as things who voice whatever Mike like, like a puppet, right? Yeah. So that's it. That's the that's Michael's reality. And that's the reason I say Ben is so important in this is because Michael, Ben was perfect. Perfect. And when I watched the episode, I thought, Ben is amazing. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. phenomenal. He carried the whole show. <laughs> An astounding yeah. representation of that world and that material. Stuff like yeah. That. But I did a show with Michael, with Marie Osmond and Betty White mm-hmm. and Craig Ferguson. She's and, fantastic. Yeah, right. And it was, it was not a successful show because, again, Michael's voice is My Two Dads and Boy Meets World, and Betty White and Marie Osmond are from basically 
other solar system, let alone. <laughs> yeah. Right? But I remember this, because this is when I thought, I got to go out of here. I can't deal with this anymore. Betty was doing something, and Betty and I became really good friends over time. And I worked with her multiple times, and I adored her. She was doing something, she was doing something, and it wasn't the way Michael. And Michael said to me, have her do it like Florence Stanley. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Florence Stanley is. Florence Stanley, I think, was the mother or the grandmother on My Two Dads. But she was basically a perfect representative of Michael's voice and the antithesis of Betty White. But Michael, he couldn't take someone else's voice and uh-huh. take what was good at it. He said, have her do it like Florence Stanley. No, tell her to do it like Florence Stanley, was what he said. Well, I didn't tell her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, walk up to her, talk about something else, come back. Right. <laughs> you know, it's great services today. Okay, <laughs> just smile and nod. Exactly. <laughs> but that's how, that's your experience of three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. The equivalent of being told, do it like Florence. Yeah. And he had a, he had a very direct, a very very precise vision for what he wanted. And there was very, there was this very small margin of error outside of that, that he was willing to let anybody play. And that's, you know, I mean, that's fine. It's his show. It's his, it's his brainchild. But so we do the network run through and all I want, all I want all day is, you know, I don't see Michael during the day. Michael's not on set while we're rehearsing. So I don't see Michael at all. And all I, all I want is approval. I want Michael's Specifically, Michael's approval because I had lost it the day before. And also, because he threatened to fire. Correct. Yeah. I did not part, want to lose the job. It's do it exactly the way I want it, and do it that exactly the way I want it tomorrow, or you're not here. Exactly. Yeah, right. I have the power. Yeah, so and I had already seen that, that happen. Relax and have fun. Yeah. Well, you are 12. Right. It's time to learn that lesson. Right. <laughs> so I we do yeah. the we do the network run through. We sit down for the note session, and again, I'm sweating profusely, and I have no idea what's coming. And Michael says, "This time, Danielle," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and he stands up, and all the writers stand up alongside him, and he says, uh, the, the "Let's let's give Danielle a round of applause." You know, you did exactly what I asked of you. Thank you. Thank you. It was, you you know, congratulations. It was wonderful. He gave me some praise about specific things. And then he just started notes. And I then got to sit in on a normal note session. And yeah, there were still notes for me, but it was, you know, there were no more threats of being fired. It was like, okay, I had I had done the work. I had shown him I was worthy. And then (laughs) the next day we were we were taping. But that's, I mean, that's exactly, he's, I mean, he, not to harp on this, but he set it up in such a way for now when he gives you the standing ovation, it's like the sun is shining yeah. on you. Like, that's- I can't look at, look what I, I've done it. I've made him feel so good. It had nothing to do with your acting or anything. It's just make Michael well, and feel I good. And I will not lie that it then totally sets up that you go after that every week yep. you're chasing the dragon of michael approval you're yeah. you every week you're like wow that was su- that was such a high the next week i'm gonna go after that and if you don't get it you're you feel a little like uh oh, you know i didn't i didn't hear that i was bad but i also didn't hear that i was good like yeah. I, I wouldn't hear anything sometimes it's like yeah what does that mean i didn't hear anything good or bad i want to point something out that's interesting you guys were all kids Michael couldn't pull this stuff with adults. Yeah, no. no. We couldn't pull this stuff with people who weren't not yet secure in their own world. Right, yeah. I mean, I think the most, the, one of the most damaging parts 
is creative too, which is that I remember this sensation of the show is either working, the episode's working, or it's not. It's falling apart. And in my mind, that was something definable and concrete that everybody could see and that everybody knew or did not know. In retrospect, that was whatever Michael had written that week and whatever he wanted it to be. Right. And that's a huge distinction because as an actor, the worst thing you can do to approach material is think that there's a pre-existing perfection that you need to like reach yeah. up for. That, that, that takes away your agency. That takes away your creativity. That removes you from the process. And it was something I didn't learn until my 20s when I actually had to learn how to act and realize like, oh, what we were doing was not acting. What we were doing was what you were saying. It would be sort of this puppetry, this, you know, showing up. And, 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 and creatively, I feel like it, it stunted me incredibly because it, it didn't allow me the creative joy of discovery and experimentation and recognition that there is no right or wrong in art. There's just what we want to make as a team, as a collaborative, you know, exercise together. Uh, and we never had that atmosphere on set. We, I never had that sensation, especially as a kid, you just feel like, oh, we're, we're missing something. Somebody's going to get fired if something's not right, or if we don't make this one person happy. And in my mind, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even always conscious that it was one person because you have an entire system of people enabling that, you know, working to keep that power dynamic in place. And that's why I appreciated the directors, you, Jeff McCracken, you know, name your director that we had, but especially in those early years, because you guys always let us know that we were creative individuals with our own input. And I know that you were in a tough position, but it was exactly why I wanted to direct on Girl Meets World. And that's what I sort of wanted to crack open for those kids was to was to sort of say to them like hey you get to make your own choices here you know like the, acting is is a creative endeavor that you bring it's, it's not better. just it's better yeah and pe people have as you, you used a good word where their agency is engaged yeah. but of course going to what you were saying though about writer saying you know kind of letting us do our own thing and uh, you know, supporting us in doing our own thing and, and encouraging us to do our own thing. You, I was in a strange position when the show started right around these episodes, because it was, there was kind of, we always talk about the two boy meets worlds and there was kind of the, the boy meets world that was happening in the school where you're now introducing Topanga. Sean is starting to get a little bit more of a voice. Corey's there. Who's just like a tiny little stand-up comedian who is carrying the show and is hitting beats that are well beyond his age that I'm noticing now as an adult where I'm just going, how did he put, he's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal yeah. and really carried the show. And then you had the family dynamic, which was the parents relationship with Corey, his relationship with them. And then Morgan and Eric would come in and say like a funny line here or there and leave. So I was kind of like floating around at this point. And I remember having a conversation with you and it was one of the brief ones because, again, I had no character, really. And they didn't know what Eric was going to do or was going to become. And it was this moment where it was it's what every actor kind of needs to hear, where we were having a talk about that, where I said, well, you know, I'm just kind of coming in and saying a line and not really establishing anything. And you looked at me and said, that's why you got to make it count. And you turn and you walked away. <laughs> and it's that and it's that exact moment I remember of. Hey, if I have one line, I'm going to get the biggest laugh of the show because then next show I'm going to have two, mm -hmm. you know? So it was that kind of those little acting gems you would throw out occasionally just like, well, all right, you got one line, make it count and you turned and walked away. Yeah. And it was that kind of little thing. Those are the things that stick with an actor. 
It's not the, the I don't remember the three hour note sessions. I remember the length of the sessions, but I don't remember what was actually imparted, any of the wisdom that was imparted. Yeah. But really? the little, that's not so really, funny. no. Well, see, I think you were older, man. That's what I mean. I was floating. Yeah, you were older and you were more secure and you were coming in, you know, as a professional actor should, which is, I've only got two lines. I'm going to make them count. And you are able to scaffold your way up to the character and to the part in 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 a conversation a healthy creative conversation with the writing staff right where you're like they write a couple of jokes for you you come in you do your thing the audience responds next week they add more yeah. and then you add more and then you add more and you can see that that's how eric became yeah the entire comic relief of boy meets world which is wonderful but you know that it was in a healthy creative uh, yeah. conversation you know it was. i i don't think that for danielle and i or you know i i'll speak for myself i didn't have that same sort of creative conversation i felt like i I was living up to someone else's expectations yeah. and needing to match them. Uh, in the dramatic sphere, I, I less so because you know, and I think that's where I ended up thriving on the show as a more of a dramatic actor because I kind of tapped out of the comedy by season three. Like, and I think we'll <laughs> see as we're watching. I think I just gave up because I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, I'm not that. You know, I just I wasn't as interested in it first of all, but I also didn't want to compete in that field. You know, and it just was like no. Whereas on the drama side, I felt much more comfortable. I felt like I could own it more i felt like mine uh in a way because it was somewhat unexpected and i don't think it was you know as 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 built into the sitcom form yeah so i could sort of do my own thing i mean yeah the best part the best moments in boy meets world are funny but they're not necessarily jokes although frankly they're all jokes right it's a right but 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 jokes can be better or worse delivered they they can be detonated in a certain way or not dramatic stuff doesn't detonate that way. It's, yeah, right. it's arrived at differently and rendered differently. So that that is a place where it's really hard to say. I mean, you could say something stupid like "cry now," but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not going to work. That's not going to work. I've so, got so very quickly. I've got a very funny David Trainer story because yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, what sticks out in my head? And here's one of my favorites. We're doing a family scene in the kitchen. And Lily, like they, her, Lily's on running gag was loving something and then throwing it away. Yeah. <laughs> like where it's like, I love this. And then they chuck it away. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't getting it right. She had a doll. It was, it was not this episode. It was a later episode, but she had a doll where she has to come down. I love this doll and throw it away. And she wasn't throwing it right. <laughs> David, you're getting a little more frustrated, a little more frustrated. So finally you go. <laughs> Lily, it's not that hard. You just do this. And you picked up the doll and you threw it right through the window. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> Are you serious? It smashed right through the window in like the kitchen broke seat. The like actually yeah, broke yeah, the yeah. glass. I remember. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Right, the right oh, through the It was God. just right through the And we all lost it. Everybody on the set was laughing yeah. hysterically as he's like, it's not that hard. You just do this and smashes it right through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's like this six foot four. How tall are you, David? Like towering over the six foot. I mean, she kept, basically came up to my kneecap, and she hated <laughs> the whole thing. I, mean, I don't know if you jump ahead to this to the you know to, at the end of the season, Michael in his imperial capacity. But I, I don't blame him. This instance came out before the show with the act actors had all been introduced. Someone came out and said, "I'm you know we're so pleased you're here tonight to the audience." And I just want to you know we've been picked up for another season and every you know we all cheered and clapped and were excited and whatever her name is lily 
She just starts screaming. I don't want to do this. I don't remember that so well. You know what? That was actually that was actually the back nine. It was our back nine. Yeah, it was when we were taping the thirteenth episode. We got the back nine, and Michael announced it in front of the audience, and Lily just started bawling. I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. So that's the downside of you know Danielle. You talk about you, and clearly all three of you had a feeling for wanting to be performers and how to be performers on your own terms and how to relate to the needs, the, the demands that are made of you. She didn't want to do it. Yeah, no, yeah. No. She, yeah, that was and not, I that think was not. Shows, actually, when you watch it, I think, who is that? What's, wait a minute, what little thing just walked on there? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad for her. I know. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, we... I'd love to. I wish. I we would hope love, we have. Her I on hope. It, I'd yeah. love to have her on to talk about her memories and her her thoughts on it. She's wonderful and doing very well. And, she is. She's, um, she's great. She's got a beautiful she's baby. It, yeah. She's doing great. Um. So, David, why did you not direct anymore after season two? Where did you go? What was? What's the situation? Why didn't we see more of you? You know, we. I think I came back once or twice and did yeah. uh, sort of like pop in and do because yeah. it was fun to see you guys and fun to come back. I, my recollect, I had done. Michael did a show before Boy Meets World called Where I Live with Dougie Duck. And I directed most of that. And that, like, got 12 episodes and canceled, something like that. Although it was a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then after Boy Meets World, I, we did another show or other shows. Like, that might have been Betty White and, and, mm-hmm. and Marie Osmond after that. So I sort of moved on, and then we did we did another show called. You could tell this was a disaster in the making. Misery loves company. That sounds like a hit, doesn't it? I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of the there was this wonderful guy who worked for Michael over the years with Michael over the years named Bob Young. Oh, Bob's yes, great. We love Bob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredibly gifted, funny, gracious. He just heavenly guy. Yeah. You know, and, and we were get preparing to do a pilot. I mean, I really remember this vividly sitting in Michael's office at Disney, in the animation of Disney. And we were casting and we were doing some of this. And, and Bob Young said in this wonderful faux plaintive voice, Oh, Michael, just once, can't we try to be successful? <laughs> You know, it's like misery loves company. That's Michael thinks, right? That I don't know that that's what Bob was addressing, but it was like that, like right. one of these really misbegotten ideas that Mike was convinced was the right thing. Right. You know, Boy World, however, uh, however, was a was a very successful mix of elements. For yeah. Michael. And that's the reason it's such a big success, and that's the reason it's rem- watched and remembered. Yeah, and that. you went on to direct. Every single episode of that seventy show. Seventy show. Which yeah, to, I was thinking about that when we were talking about you because those those guys when we started were a little older than you guys were. They were sort of mid late teens. I think Mila yeah. fifteen because I remember going to Mila's sixteenth birthday party. So I know I know she was fifteen. But which is older than twelve. I mean, it's yes, yes. yeah, yeah. A, a big difference. Yeah, yeah. 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 she'd acted a lot as a kid, but. That was so freeing. Those guys were so inventive. And the, and the way we worked, we were left alone and, and did it. And they, they brought some of the characters became them and they became the characters. I mean, the whole thing. And the writers, you know, the way I was thinking, writer, you were saying something before, which I think is really true, that the, 
in an ideal world, a week of rehearsal on a multiple camera comedy is a conversation. The writers write a script, the actors rehearse, then they show it, then the writers respond, then the actors respond to what the writers do. And this conversation goes on back and forth until Friday night, or in the case of Wednesday, Thursday night. And then it's done. The conversation's over when you've shot it. And then you start another conversation the next week. Yeah. 70s show was eight years of really engaging, interesting, fun conversations. Sounds amazing. And and we got so we could do that show. And we, we pre-shot some stuff, but we do we were doing two and a half hours. Started at six thirty, be done. Oh, done by oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, we, we, we do things twice and move on, maybe pick up a line. But everybody everybody was like, so the freedom to be themselves and then to be remarkable. So I I look at that, even though it's different in some respects because of the age difference, it's still about kids right and mm-hmm. so it was just an antithetical experience and heaven really well look how successful most of the cast has been after the show i mean i think a lot yeah. of that also comes <laughs> from having that kind of environment to grow as an actor to yeah. where then you you have a love of of the craft and you want to go on and pursue it where a lot of us when we finish boy we're like i'm done for a little while <laughs> um and i think that's a, there's a big difference i mean yeah truly well they had and you guys were, I think that's right. You know, that you, you whatever great gifts, because you look at the show now and you, I see the gifts that you guys brought to you. You come away and think, oh, this, this was not fun, right? No, no, it was not fun. Well, seventy show was a blast. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> were hard times, and there were shows that didn't work. I mean, it's like everything. You do sure. three episodes; they're not all bliss, but overall, and I don't think that any of you would say that about Wednesday. Yeah, I got, I got a little, I got away with it a little more. I had a little more of the freedom. I was kind of left alone a little bit more, which gave me a little more love of the the genre than I think the younger cast was who I think were beaten up a little more than I was. I mean, there were times where I just kind of slid under the radar and would do what I wanted to do. And, yeah. and you guys would be kind of battered a little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, different experiences on different sets, I guess I, would be how you well, I, I, I know some guys who are talking about their sons who were good baseball players in, in high school and, you know, come up towards college and come up towards, with sort of verging on being able to be professional baseball players. And they would have a high school coach that would beat the love of the game out. Yeah. By the time they got out of high school, they didn't want to play baseball. I have yeah. two friends that had that happen, where the, where the kids were really good and the coach over-stressed them. Yep. They just said, not playing. Yeah. And so when I hear those stories, I'm so sad. Do you have a favorite episode looking back? Have you, wa- first of all, have you watched, other than us asking you to, to rewatch episode number 104 for us, have you ever watched an other, another episode? Do you remember any other episodes? Do you have a favorite? No, I remember, because I haven't really watched it. I don't really watch stuff. I mean, I, I don't even really watch that 70s show. Once in a while, I mean, I remember going to a gym where, where it was on sometimes. <laughs> the Cindy Fish was on. I'd look up and say, oh, 
I mean, I did that. <laughs> that was mine. Go back that to whatever. Me. But but I I really go back and watch it. So I liked I liked watching the episode that we we all watched here. What I remember is basically tropes, setups, things like the classroom or the bedroom or the you know you remember that kind of stuff because half-hour comedies like this are made up of recognizable elements that are assembled differently every right the character elements are different and the, and the scenic or the storytelling elements are different but it's like i mean I, this is a ridiculous analogy so forgive me but it's like classical ballet there's five steps right that's it there's five steps look what you can do with five steps yeah, yeah they, say, exactly. they say the blues is three chords but some people can play it really really well We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WORLD. Books, promo code WORLD. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh... Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. 
Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Did you keep in touch with anyone, producers, writers? Are you in touch with Michael? Is there anybody you kept no, in touch no, with from Michael? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, David Kendall. Yes. And over the years, David Kendall, a divine, again, like, uh, here's this in- interesting thing. Michael attracted really good people. Yeah. <laughs> and they ended up hating, right? <laughs> or thereabouts. But, but they were, like, David Kendall Ed and John, you know, yeah. Yeah, David, David Kendall and I still have a great relationship. Same. He's a wonderful guy. One of the best guys. Yeah. Funny, smart, yeah. nice, talented guy. I, when I started directing, I shadowed Kendall and it was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like, man, look at us 30 years later. Yeah. He's such a good guy. <laughs> He's great. And, and, and Bob Young, just stupendously great. Yeah. And, and sort of, Again, what's interesting about very accomplished and and high people with high standards, but temperamentally relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of myself. I don't know whether I'm temperamentally relaxed or not. But <laughs> I wasn't relaxed around Michael. I was throwing up in Bob Hope Park. But but, <laughs> but basically, Michael picked people to work with him who would go to the other side of the boat. Yeah, who understood that balancing so they're wonderful guys i mean david kendall is a prince do you uh quick question do you remember working with april kelly yes dimly you know know, she got marginalized as a voice quite early what a surprise based on (laughs) yeah and and then i think by the second year she was had withdrawn withdrawn. because i think it was who knows? That's above mine. Well, she's listed as a writer on both this episode, 104, that we're going to talk about next, yeah. and 103 that yeah. we talked about last week. We had uh, Bill and Bonnie on, and she's listed as a writer in both of those, and both of those episodes are incredible. They're great. Um, They're great. And yeah. so it is such a shame that she didn't stick around and didn't you know, get to do more because- uh, And never saw her again, by the way. Never I know, nothing. Yeah. One. She I, was only disappeared. around for the first season. Yep. Yep. Absolutely yeah. disappeared. Yeah, and I think it was probably, there was no room for another voice in that position. Can't right. have two generals in that room. Yeah, and 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 so she had to be gotten rid. Of. 
But so she's like she's like our JD Salinger though. Like, w- where is she in the world? We, I we know. should make a mission of this podcast to track her down and get her. Would but I mean, we should. God knows what she remembers and what she would. You know, and yeah. it's, it's like, I'm still whatever I've said in this podcast. I'm still holding back. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. editing like crazy as I go along. But wow, you know, but there wasn't room for another. There wasn't room right. for another course, and it's, it's sort of undignified. Yeah. Yeah. To be mm-hmm. co-creator and then to be treated like a cast off. Is it, are you speaking? Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Well, <laughs> uh, I, coming up next. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say it's hard. It's It was really hard to be a, a girl and a woman in um, in that environment. For, yeah. I think that is a very democratic way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It and different. yet, you know something, and here's what's important to remember. The president of Michael's company those days was Dawn Tarnowski, a woman of tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. Right? Mm. And, and, and smart and, I mean, d- did for Michael, held the business, held that dysfunctional part of Michael's universe, held it together. And she became, you know, the head of head of the CW. She's a major yep. figure at Spotify. She's really smart and nice and great. And she, so in a funny way, Michael, it's not an environment for women. And yet there was somebody absolutely central to the thing. Yes. Who, who was Dawn. Yes. I remember Dawn. She was, I remember her being ridiculously smart. Yeah. Susan Jansen was another yes. one I remember being a yes. Harvard grad. Uh, right, and I gotta say, tough. You, yeah. you, you know, t- and, and pe- I say tough with admiration. Yeah, you know, with a with a, a willingness and ability to, to take yeah. it, whatever it was. Yeah, it's like when people say, "I'm," you're just so resilient, and you know they mean it as a compliment, and yet really how you feel is, "I wish I didn't have to be so resilient." I wish I weren't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, coming up next, we are going to recap episode number 104, Corey's Alternative Friends. We're going to walk through um, so many memories, including how I came up with the choreography for the famous donut in the sky dance while also being terrified (laughs) that I was going to get fired. Uh, (laughs) So that'll that'll be fun. And uh, David is sticking around. So join us for episode, the next episode 104, Corey's Alternative Friends, where David Trainer joins us to talk about the episode. First time we see Topanga. That's right. First time we see Topanga. You can't, Mm -hmm. amazing, amazing. I can't wait. (laughs) And the first time we meet my sister Stacy, guys. And is it also the The last legendary (laughs) Stacy? Everybody's favorite. Mentioned again. Well, I was going to say it's also the last time we meet <laughs> your sister, first and last Stacy reference. <laughs> oh awesome. man! All right. Don't forget, you can follow us on Pod Meets World Show on Instagram, and also be uh, sure to email us your thoughts, your opinions, what you want to hear more of, things you love, things you don't love. You can email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Daniel Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Lorraine Vurez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. Follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com.
This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler's Sandy's Shortbread Cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. 